Good evening. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, look forward to having a great midweek with all of our family. Uh, thank you so much for uh, spending time uh, with me tonight. And uh, I'm going to do two things tonight. I'm going to start with the church update. And then we're going to dive into our lesson and, and the, the series that we're doing. Uh, as we go throughout the month, you know, we're always going to be having services going on, our 10 a.m. services on. A.m. services for our Spanish ministry. Uh, we're so encouraged to uh, be online and be able to make an impact in the world. Uh, thank you so much, you know, for always being great disciples. Look forward to uh, being able to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, we have a newsletter coming up that Robert is going to be able to uh, send out tomorrow morning, our very first Metro newsletter. So please make sure you go to MetroLARegion.com and be able to sign up for that newsletter. There's a, a lot of exciting things that are going on in our region right now. Uh, if you are in need, we just kicked off our Metro LA, uh, Light of LA Food Bank. And uh, again, if you are in need, please contact Lisa or Kathy Verzi. Uh, take a picture of this slide right here because uh, if you're ever in need of food, contact those ladies and we'll be able to hook you up as soon as possible. I also want to introduce to you our newest uh, newlywed couple, Anthony and uh, Kiana Day, they're our newest newlywed couple. They were married on April 9th through Zoom. Uh, they are they are probably online right now, but it's so good to have them with us and be online as we uh, have a great time at midweek service tonight. Now, as we get into our series, our series is entitled Seeing Life from God's View. And just like we talked about last week, right, in this series, Whenever we're going through crisis, it's easy to, to be able to have tunnel vision where we're just seeing kind of what's in front of us, right? Rather than getting to a God perspective or a God view, which is a kind of a 30,000 foot view so that we're able to see from up here looking and going, wow, the picture is so much more clear. And so turn your Bibles to Philippians right now. Uh, because we're going to be studying the book of Philippians. You know, last week, right, we went through uh, and looked at God's people, that God's people were in a 70-year crisis. And the point I made last week was to consider what God's plan is. And the practical was to look for God's hand, not your own plan. And I hope that encouraged your soul last week as we looked at God's people going through a pretty big crisis. What we're going to look tonight is at the Apostle Paul. We're going to jump into the New Testament tonight and dive into uh, the heart of the Apostle Paul and to be able to learn from a man who has had great perspective. Now, I want you to be thinking about this for a second. In the last month, have you struggled with having a positive attitude? I know, you know, one of the things that I've been feeling is I've been feeling a little edgy, you know, with all the, the news uh, the bad news going on, the deaths, the, the amount of cases all throughout the world with coronavirus and the deaths in the U.S. and the amount of cases that are stacking up. And, you know, please keep all those families uh, and the whole world in your prayers right now. But I've been feeling a little edgy. I know that the, the stay-at-home order has been extended to, I believe, May 15th. 
Uh, we are having to wear masks wherever we go right now. If you go outside, please wear your mask. You know, I'm on my prayer walks and as I'm on my prayer walk, there's often there's people who kind of go by me and, and, you know, there's a time where I, whenever I see somebody coming to me and they got their mask, I kind of make my way over there and, and they, they look at me, but because their mask is up here, it, it almost seems like they're giving me stink eye, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of moving away and it's almost like I'm saying something. And the other day I was doing that and a, a lady was walking by me and she, she immediately went way around me. And then I thought, wow, I, I guess I know how that feels. But I don't, know, I don't know about you, but for me, man, it's tough right now to have a positive outlook or a positive attitude in life. And so tonight, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul, and we're going to look at one point, one practical, and then we're going to break up into our discussion groups tonight. As we dive into the book of Philippians, you know, the, the church in Philippi, Philippi was an important city in the Roman province of Macedonia, which is Greece. Uh Paul planted this church on the second missionary journey, on his second missionary journey. And so these people were very, very close to his heart. You know, he had relationships with them. He he was involved with their lives to a point where uh, they were very close and connected. But the background to this book in Philippians was that the disciples were going through a lot of persecution and false, false teachers were infiltrating their group and there's conflicts going on in the church. And so, uh, a tremendously challenging time for the church there. And Paul is basically encouraging the church, encouraging the disciples to stay true to the faith, to hang on and to be able to push through. And they needed to hear from him, you know, because they were going through some difficult times. And so I just want to show you some passages just to kind of get a feel for the book. In Philippians chapter one, look at this passage here. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I pray with joy. Joy is one of the uh, words that is used throughout this whole book, you know, of four chapters. Because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 to verse 5. How about this passage? In Philippians chapter 2, in the message, it says, If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ... If his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. You know, Paul was encouraging the church, right? He was so appreciative and affectionate with the church, but he was also encouraging the church to think about others during that time. In chapter three, it says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What a great passage of empowerment where Christ was trying to teach them, like uh, Paul was trying to teach them, press on toward the goal, toward heaven. In chapter four, a man who is in, who's had tremendous challenges, not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. You know, Paul was content in his life, uh, in the different challenges that he went to. And we all know this passage, perhaps one of the most famous passages in the Bible. It says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. 
And one of the encouraging things about this book, Paul is so affectionate and encouraging and joyful and thoughtful and empowering. Uh, so much hope and vision for these disciples' lives. Well, you, well, you ask, well, what's the big deal about sharing about those powerful scriptures right there? Of course he should say that, right? He's Paul. Well, here's the background in it. Is he sharing them in a letter that he's been writing from prison? The Apostle Paul was in prison. Here's another picture of what that prison looked like. This is a picture that tourists go to in Greece of the very prison where Paul was while he was awaiting his trial. And while Paul was there, he was awaiting trial. He was waiting a po- awaiting a possible outcome of perhaps execution that was going to be coming his way. And yet, he's trying to encourage the Philippians. Like, here's a guy who's in jail awaiting a trial. Possible outcome would be death or ex- ex- by execution. And he's encouraging the church to, with joy and love and, and empowerment. And he's so thoughtful and he's so affectionate and loving with the church where you go, how is, I mean, who, who does that, guys, right? Who, who is really like that? Well, the Apostle Paul was because he was a man who had perspective in his life. And so the first point I want to make today is this, is one of the things Paul could see that I think sometimes I struggle with is, and here's my first point, to focus on the eternal, not just the present. Focus on the eternal and not just the present. Like he's able to look at his situation and look beyond the here and now. You know, he doesn't just live for the here and now. He's looking at what's eternal, what's in front of him, that heaven is what awaits him. You know, and so he says some really profound things in the book of first, uh, in the book of Philippians. You know, there's people who, when they're at the 30,000 foot view, do things like this. And the apostle Paul was one of them. While he's in prison, he's trying to encourage the church. And, you know, I want to share about a couple. I want to share about Robert and Michelle. Carrillo. They don't even know I'm going to be sharing about this tonight. But the reason why I wanted to share about this is I believe it illustrates this point about focusing on the eternal and not just the present. A couple months ago, Robert asked me to be in a meeting to talk about our church finances, you know, and we, we were sitting down before Tiffany and Joanne were coming in and we were talking about our church finances. And he made a comment to me that I think, you know, that kind of took me aback. And one of the things he shared with me is, he goes, hey, I wanted to talk to you and kind of get, you know, you know a little bit more about our finances as we were doing the hire is I was in charge of the hiring before with a, with a group of people or the team that we had to be able to hire a, a, a regional leader couple. And I remember Robert was just letting me know, hey, you know, I just want to go over it with you. I want to see where we're really at because, you know, I, I don't know, I might have to get a, a, a part time job or another job. And it took me aback. I don't think he even remembers maybe telling me that, but it took me back in that because I was like, well, why would he, why would he say that? And then later on we had the meeting, you know, and then when I was at home, you know how like you have something that's going on in your mind at home and then something hits you and then you just kind of like, you have an aha moment there. And the aha moment for me was, as I was thinking about that, I, you know, I remember talking to Robert before and he, and he basically took the job as a region leader you know, Robert and Michelle, uh, without really knowing all the ins and outs of all the finances. 
And I, when I was at home and I was thinking about this, I thought, so he took the job without really knowing all the finances. And it dawned on me, you know, I, I had all these thoughts and I was like, I was thinking that's financially like that's that's not good to make decisions like that. But it also was very moving to me when he told me that because he took the job because he had faith in God, not because he knew where all if the finances were all being worked out. And I got to be honest, that was such a faith that was such a faith building thing for me because I've seen leaders before take care of themselves in difficult times and not necessarily always take care of the church. And I was, I was thinking about that. I thought, wow, we have a regional leader couple. They would never tell you this. That's why I'm sharing it because I'm so moved by that. I was very, very moved that they took the job here because they had faith in God. They didn't know all the finances, how that was all going to work out. They had faith in God. And they had faith in us as a region. And I thought, wow, that's a man, that's a woman on another level spiritually. And so, you know, be praying for them. Uh, they didn't know I, want to, I was going to share this today, but I was moved by that because that's an example of focusing on the eternal, not just looking what's around you here and then just making decisions because of what you see, but you make decisions because you see something that is beyond the here and now, and I appreciate that. And let's, let me go over a couple of these scriptures that help illustrate this point about focusing on the eternal, not just the present. In, in chapter one, verse three to six, you know, he talks all about being confident as that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Like Paul was trying to teach the disciples, hang on. You know, I know we have a partnership. You know how it is like in relationships. We always got to, we're a work in progress, right? But what Paul was doing is, look, here's where you're at. And because of our partnership, God will bring you to completion. And on the day of Christ, you know, you're going to be a different person. That, that's one of the things he was encouraging the church is to look beyond the here and now. And that in relationships, we're going to become more like Christ as we go further as Christ comes home. In check this passage out. To live is Christ, to die is gain, right? Uh a win-win situation. Paul's talking to good look, if if I die, I get to be with Christ. If I live, then I'll be here for the church and, and we'll have fruitful labor together. That's a man who has a different perspective. A press on toward the goal. He's thinking of heaven. Does that make sense? He's thinking of what's beyond the here and now. And I believe that's one of the reasons why he did so great spiritually, you know, Philippians chapter 3, look at this passage. Brethren, join in following my example and note those whose walk as you have, who, who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For our citizenship is in heaven. You notice that? He's able to see beyond, right? His citizenship wasn't just on earth, but he understood it was in heaven. And so he started, that's the way he looked at life. And so he was able to endure so many of the challenges coming his way. I love that about him. Even when people got into conflicts, these two women here, Eodia and Syntyche, I plead with Eodia and I plead with Syntyche, be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. You see that part at the end? Whose names are in the book of life. 
Like he helped these two ladies get together and work out their issues, but not just by just, you know, pleading with them and telling them to work it out. That's what he, but he also reminded them, you're in the book of life. We need you. you you're so important to God and his kingdom. So let's work out our issues. I was so encouraged by that, you know, and so the practical that I want to make tonight, it comes from Philippians chapter four in verse eight. And of course he would say this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Of course he says this, right? Paul's basically saying, think about heavenly things. Think about things that are good, that are right. Look up, basically, right? And and look around you and do what's right. Look at what's noble, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy, and think about those things. But not only that, put it into practice. And so here's what my practical is tonight, okay? Point one is to focus on the eternal, not just the present. The sec, the uh, practical is look up and around, not down in the ground. Learn to look up and around so that we can see beyond what is here and look for the positive all around you right now. There is so much positivity. There's so many good things that God is doing in our church right now that, uh, you know, if we just pay attention and look, uh, instead of just looking down and seeing only the negative. Think about this for a minute. Look at this. It's so easy to be negative today, right? But look at the negative thoughts and look at positive thoughts. The kids are driving me crazy is a negative thought. A positive thought is I have children to love. The house is a mess. A positive thought is we have a roof over our heads. A negative thought is there's so much laundry to do. I have plenty of clothes to wear. The dishes are always dirty. We have plenty of food to eat. Lots of noise and family drama. I have people in my life to love. I got hurt by someone I love. Life is making me stronger. Toilets to clean. We have running water and plumbing. My body is tired and overweight. My body is alive and functioning. And so tonight, you know, look up and around, not in the ground to only see the negative. As you go to your discussion groups tonight, I want you to consider some of these questions. Maybe you can take a picture of this right here. How has the COVID-19 crisis caused you to do things differently now, right? What has surprised you? What might the spirit be prompting you to be or do in the crisis? So take a picture of that. And as you go to your discussion groups, I hope this will encourage discussion, encourage thinking about what God may be doing, how we're doing things differently now, what's surprising us, you know, and what might the Spirit be prompting us to do. So what did we learn tonight? We learned that the Apostle Paul was joyful, hopeful, encouraging, empowering disciples who are going through persecution while he was in prison writing this letter to them. How did he have this perspective? Because he focused on the eternal, not just the present. He was looking forward to meeting Jesus one day, looking forward to winning the prize one day, looking forward to salvation, looking forward to enjoying heaven. What's the practical? 
Think of positive things. Look up and around, not just in the ground. And perhaps we too will have perspective in this time of crisis. And as my daughter Kainani would say, peace out. Have a great evening tonight. Thank you.